two of Close Encounters of the God Kind. And uh, last week we started a series on, on Ezekiel. And it really built around some major themes. God is always trying to get His people to draw nearer, to step into His presence so they can experience His kingdom, His love and His power. The reason, this, the, the, the way we stay strong as believers is not to try harder, it's to draw closer. And God is always drawing His people in for God encounters. And like I said last week, God encounters don't have to be a vision like Ezekiel had. It can be a moment walking down the street, a, a part of, of, of your prayer life while you're reading the Bible, while you're, while you're in church praising God. These moments are significantly important as we connect with our supernatural Father. Because it's then this kingdom that God has can flow in us and through us and touch the broken world around us. So we're looking at Ezekiel, how he meets with God through a vision, a close encounter of a God kind, how God draws him in, trains him up and then sends him out and how that all of heaven is backing him. Last time we looked at Ezekiel's vision and his revelation. Of course, visions without revelations aren't so powerful. So you need a revelation of what God's saying. He starts to speak it out in Ezekiel. See, the power and presence that he saw was coming from heaven to earth. It wasn't a, a vision of heaven. It was a vision of heaven coming to earth. And as nothing's changed in the thousands of years between Ezekiel and right now, Jesus said to you and I, your kingdom come to God. He says, His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nothing's changed. The plan of heaven is to bring heaven to earth and heaven comes to earth through His people. That we come close, we draw in, we find what God has and then we let it go. So today I'll look at the next part of Ezekiel's encounter. We're going to read through Ezekiel 1, 5 through 15. Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of man. Each one had four faces. Each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the colour of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under the wings and on their four sides. And each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side. Each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus was their faces. Their wings stretched up. Two wings of each one touched one another and two covered their bodies. Each one went straight forward. They went wherever the Spirit wanted them to go. And they did not turn when they went. And as for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearances like burning coals of fire, like the appearances of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright and out of that fire went lightning. And the, light, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold the wheel on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. You know, an incredible journey into the spirit world here and, uh, and significant of what he saw. And I'm sure that Ezekiel didn't understand all of that. And even if the understanding of it is then got to translate it into language that you and I can understand or see what God's trying to say for us. And that's not easy all of the time. I was, um, 
looking at a picture of an animal the other day uh, that happened to come by me, and, and, and I'm trying to try and describe it to you. Um, I've never seen anything like it. It was furry, except for its hands, so sort of like human hands, and it had claws or looked like long fingernails, and man, its face, I'm not even sure how to describe. There was just things all over its face, and it's a real animal, and I found out that it was a star-nosed mole. Let's have a look what a star-nosed mole looks like from my explanation. <laughs> have you ever, I, I, I lean both ways in this, like it's so intriguing but so disgusting. It's like, what is that animal? And I, and I thought as I saw that, and if you hadn't seen it, to explain it is not that easy. And Ezekiel has got to the place where he sees his vision and he starts to share it about what he saw. So, but it was so holy and so powerful that in Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1, he says, when I saw it, I fell on my face. He was so caught up in the supernatural presence of God. And I think that's a reasonable response to seeing something like that. A vision or a picture of the fullness of God ministering and moving over the earth. And like Ezekiel, I don't understand it all, but there are parts that I see that are very important for us today. Number one, there was a great sense of activity. Great sense of activity. 2.12, Ezekiel, they went where the Spirit wanted them to go. They ran back and forth like lightning. Greased lightning. <laughs> They're moving. There is activity taking place. And I want to assure you today, that God is not asleep and He's certainly not dormant. I want to tell you that it might seem like nothing is happening. It might seem things aren't the way they should. It seems like there's no progress. But I want to tell you, behind the scenes, God is moving on your behalf. He can't help but do something. One of the, one of the significant or fascinating scriptures in the Bible, it says this, for nothing is impossible for God. And of course, when you read it straight away, it's like, well, that means that everything's possible, for nothing is impossible. So it means everything possible for God, and that's true. But also, if you put a comma in there and, and you put, for nothing is impossible for God, you start to realise that the only thing God can't do is nothing. Because nothing is impossible for God to do. And if God can't do nothing, then He's always doing something. And even when it seems quiet, be assured behind the scenes, in the unseen world, God is moving and <coughs> ministering for you and through you. The other part that stands out to me is there was a great sense of unity and cohesion. Ezekiel 2.9, all the wings touched. They were together and they moved where the Spirit of God said to go. The four faces were turned to each other. No wasted time or energy, lots of movement and activity, but with always precision, order and purpose. God is a God of systems. There's solar systems, blood systems, digestive systems, nervous systems, and on and on it goes. So God has a purpose in what He's doing. It's not movement for the sake of movement, it's ordered and precise. God is alive and actively moving in power and in unity, fulfilling His plans and purposes on the earth. This is what God is calling His people to step into, to be a part of that close encounter of the God kind, 
where you meet with the living Savior of the world for that moment, that hour, whatever it is, and something is transformed in your heart to move in and then to move back out, taking it with you to the world around you. So let's go back to chapter 1, verse 10. I'm going to look at the, the faces that Ezekiel saw uh, in his vision. Chapter 1, verse 10. And uh, the likeness of the faces, each had the face of a man, face of a lion, face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. Uh, let's start with the face of a man when Elijah saw it. The Gospel of Luke. Because, you know, there are actually four Gospels in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Job, John. And, and it's obviously which is the most significant book. But as there's four Gospels in the Bible, or four Testaments in the Bible about the Gospel, they're the same, but they come from different aspects. They show a different picture of who Jesus is. And like the four faces, it's the same God, but different aspects. The face of a man, the Gospel of Luke, reveals Jesus as the Son of Man. And many times in the Bible, he's referred to by that name. In the Luke, the Son of Man aspect identifies God or Jesus as the most compassionate, caring, healing side of God. God became man in Jesus. Why? A part of the reason was he, so He could identify with mankind, to feel, to experience how people feel and experience, to and take on their sin as a man and die as a man for our sins. Why? To, to, feel, to feel mankind's pain, its wants, its needs, the gospel is good news about a God who cares so much about us. He come as the Son of Man. He became one of us so He could identify with us all to know what to bring to our planet, to bring hope and healing and love and salvation. This is why God sends Ezekiel in, I'm sending you in and then I'm sending you out. So He's saying, I want you in, draw close, but then go out. That's why he sends him out, because he's caring about the loving, broken and lost world in Ezekiel's generation, just like he is today. Jesus is the Son of Man. The next face is the face of a lion. In the book of Matthew, we see Jesus as the King, the Messiah, the warrior, the triumphant victor. The book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 5 says, Behold Jesus, He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. There's a sense there, now we've, we've seen the face of man, the love of God for humanity. Now we're seeing the power of God and that He will bring healing and miracles and restoration. He'll perform uh, incredible things uh, to, to, to do what He needs to do. He, he will push back darkness and destroy the works of the enemy. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. There's the love of God and then there's the power of God. If you listen to what Peter says in his writings, he identifies the devil as a counterfeit, a loser. He says, the devil roars around, roams around like a ro roaring lion. He roams around like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He just sounds like a roaring lion. He's counterfeit. God, or Jesus, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So we can understand now we, we see Ezekiel seeing the power, the love of God coming to earth for all people. And then we're starting to see the power of God come. And then we go to a face of an ox. And in the book of Mark, Jesus is presented as a servant, a worker, doing good, feeding the poor, caring for the broken and the downhearted. 
Sleeves rolled up pictures. There's a sense of Jesus rolls up his sleeves and gets in the trenches with humanity. He doesn't stand aside and hope it all goes. He gets involved with the people around him. Jesus said, I've come not to be served, but to serve. In other words, I've not come that you may just worship me. I'm here that I can make your world, your life a better place to live. I'm here to serve you. See, an ox represents hard work in the trenches. It represents getting the job done, strong, loyal, committed. The ox is used to plough the fields and pull the carts to do the heavy lifting. And Jesus said, man, if you yoke yourself to me, you're not gonna find rush, I mean, you're gonna find peace not and rest. Jesus is the son of man, he is our lion, and he's our ox. And the last um, face that Ezekiel describes is that of an eagle. And eagles soar effortlessly. They're in control. They fly at great heights. As a matter of fact, I've got an eagle on my, that sits on my rooftop every morning just about uh, on the gutter and we overlook some water and he does his fishing right there. He just dives down, puts his claws out, catches a fish and then flies off to his family or whatever he does. It's a beautiful thing to see. But some mornings I walk out and I forget he's there and I don't know who gets the biggest fright. It's a massive eagle. But eagles soar high. They're, They're in control. And if you think of God, he's high and he's lifted up. We see in the book of John that Jesus is established as the one from glory. He's the one who came from being the Word to earth. He was from above. He brings hope and He brings strength. He is the eagle when we need Him to be our eagle. See, Isaiah 40, verse 29 through 31 says this. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In other words, those who come in contact with God shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can I tell you today, if you're feeling tired, go to Jesus. Go, if you're feeling tired, you shall run and not grow weary. You shall walk and you shall not faint. Jesus is the eagle. He's high and lifted up and in control. The Bible says, not only is Jesus lifted up high, that we also. It says, we are lifted up and seated in heavenly places. As believers, we've got to take this same expression of God with us wherever we go. We are lifted up to be like an eagle, to soar, to help people bring strength back to them, to help the weary and the downcast. As a matter of fact, as I look at these faces or the aspects of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the four faces in Ezekiel, I think we are, each one of us are to be one of those faces at a time. See, we're to be the face of a man when someone is broken and hurt and hungry. We're to be the face of a lion when somebody is under attack. We stand strong. We are to be the face of an ox when somebody is desperate and needing help. We are to be the face of an eagle when somebody is in the depths of depression so we can lift them back up. Today, God's plan is that we draw in. 
And then as we draw in, we receive His love, His power, and we release it to the world around us. These aspects of God were seen by Ezekiel, but they're here right now. And we as church are called to come close, take hold, go out and be the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. I'd love you to bow your heads, close your eyes today. Lord, I want to pray for this great group of people. God, that in adversity, we stand strong because we are together in You. We thank You right now that in this house, in this church, we accept all that we might not agree. We will give compassion, but we will not compromise who we are. We want the love and the power of the King to be felt and seen in the generation around us. Help us be those people, Lord. Tender but strong. Considerate but bold. Lord, I thank You for it. Give strength to the weary today. Rise up those that are confused or in pain. God, bring healing to those that are sick, I pray. And with eyes closed and heads bowed today, it would be remiss to finish this service without giving you an invitation to receive Jesus. And whether you do or, or not, it's totally your decision. And I'm not gonna embarrass anybody here today and online if you're watching, you can make the decision wherever you're standing or seated right, seating right now. And, uh, but right now I'd like to say, you know what? I don't know what problems you face. I don't know what problems will turn up in your future. But I do know this, the answer you will need will start and finish in the name of Jesus. And the great news is, and it's such good news, that it doesn't matter what you've done, who you've been, God's not angry, He's not mad, He's not here to judge or condemn us, He's here to help us move forward, He's here to save us. So you believe upon Him, the Bible says, you shall be saved. Saved out of, saved into. All you got to do is start with just believing. The point of beginning is believing. And I'd love to pray with those who say, you know what, that's me today. I, I wanna believe. I wanna come back. I wanna recommit. I wanna start. Uh, something's happening. I need to respond to this. And eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you just lift your hand and I know who I'm praying with this morning and we're gonna pray for you. Is there anybody here today that would say, you know what, I wanna believe. Just give me a wave right where you're seated today. Looking from front. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision right there. Others today, if that's you, just give me a wave right now. We're about to pray. Again, as I look, looking one more time, right across from front to back, from left to right. Lord, as I looked, I saw a hand, a hand but you saw a heart. And God, it didn't go up, it opened up. And a miracle starts to happen when we say yes. The miracle of salvation. God, bless that person so wonderfully well. And God, I thank you that heaven rejoices when even one returns home. So I, wrote, I know right now, that heaven is rejoicing. And so do we here at City Point in Jesus' Name. And all the greets said, Amen. Let's give it up and say, welcome to the family. Great decision.